With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to the True Blue Podcast. I'm Jacob Birch, joined, as always, especially during the regular season, with Eric Steven. How you doing, buddy? Very good. Baseball is back. Yeah, during, during the offseason, it was really easy for you and I to get lazy, skip, skip a week here and there, because nothing was happening. And, you know, according to the Dodger offense, it's exact opposite right now. I think what the Dodgers did, it was like um, they were, I don't know, what, how would you... They were they're basically like a hose, right? During the off season, <laughs> and the entire off season, they were tightly rolling that hose up to like put it out of out of get it out of the way. And then it seems like opening day, they just immediately like un they just unfurled the hose, and it just just like it was like seven, you know, yeah, just went all over. I don't want to get into it, but yeah, kind of going into this opening day for sure. But the the series as a whole. Um, especially if they hadn't made that comeback on Sunday night's game. What, uh, so spring training, the discussion, I don't know if you were all watch it during the freeway series was a new hitting approach. Uh, this feast or famine thing that's reliant on the home run. That's going away. They're going to be nose to the grind zone, getting hits where they can a much more uh, consistent offensive approach. And then the series are like, nah, we're just gonna we just hit a bunch of dainers and score a bunch of runs, and um, but still lose the game. Um, do you want to talk? Want to talk about the loss first, or do you want to start with just how many home runs we're hitting? Yeah, let's just get get the the just the the sheer numbers out of the way quickly because we, <laughs> we we'll go into it. But yeah, so four game series against the Diamondbacks, they won three. Uh, they scored forty two runs. <laughs> <laughs> which is just funny to think about. And then they hit 14 home runs, including eight on opening day, uh, which was a record. Uh, so yeah, it was, um, it was a crazy weekend like for offense, but yeah, like I would say this, that it seemed like the first three days, it was something weird happened like in each of the games, right? Like they're very memorable for different reasons. Very. And, uh, so, but the, so the, for me, the, the, you're right. They, um, you were, you were up and it's always, you're you're two hours ahead um so the fact that you're staying up for such a late game that ended at 1 15 a.m uh it was amazing for you yeah for me for, <laughs> 3 right for me. And so like 
that was crazy. So, but it made it, the point was like too that uh, that meant consecutive Friday games at Dodger Stadium set like um, time records basically because the last Friday game was Game Three of the World Series last year. They went eighteen innings. <laughs> I did like uh, Ken Gurnick. I think tweeted longest game in uh long, longest home game in dodger history yeah. and twitter was qu- very quick to say what well the World Series? Yeah. F- four games ago right God, just how how recently it was just in terms of games played and, and, and like what was notable about this too so it went it was 13 innings they they were actually up three nothing at some point in that game and then they ended up losing five to four. Joe Kelly did not have a good Dodger debut in that game. <laughs> he mm-hmm. he blew two leads in that. That's how yeah. we're so. going to talk about that. Sure. A little yeah. Bit. But um, uh, so they lost in the 13th and uh, but it was a 13 inning game and it went what six hours, five minutes longest regular season game at Dodger stadium by time. Um, but the funny part is they, they, in their history, like they've had outside of the world series game, even that was 18 innings, but They've had four other games that went 20 innings, you know, on the road. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sorry, that went six hours. And all of those were like at least 20 innings. So like, it just shows you like the difference, like, you know, today's game when they talk about pace of play and things like that. It's real. Pace of play and how quickly you go through the bullpen. And this has been a matter of discussion. Do we limit the amount of one batter, two batter uh, appearance we get? But yeah, by the time we were... And the third team were like, well, both teams are out of pitchers. Hope they figure this out. They still had, uh, if I, remember, they still had Brock Stewart, I think. But like, they did. But still, um, it's like, yeah, it's to, to burn. And how effective could he be? You know, a <coughs> right. day after pitching. Well, and two, we, we and we'll get to, into this in a second. But we saw you see the effects of like what a game like that. Even when they they're carrying eight eight uh, pitchers in the bullpen, <laughs> and yet the hilarious the second game into the season, <laughs> they had, they already like were tired to the point where they had to do something drastic and we'll get into it but yeah so third you know those games are fun because it's it's just kind of like whatever and it's not the world series so there's like there's like really no stakes right it's just like it's just it's just kind of fun plus it was a friday night and it was just it was just like all right let's see how this goes and then uh but yeah you and I noted fans of lawn extra inning drawn out baseball Uh, i know some aren't but even though I went to bed at three thirty in the morning, uh, sort of frustrated that I had to do that for a loss, it was still a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, uh, I was going to mention this too, uh, Liz Eastloss, who's going to be our guest next week on the podcast, and the new uh, editor, managing editor at True Blue LA. She covered the game Friday, and it was her first game covering <laughs> there, and so <laughs> it went. She got to stay until one a.m. or probably two since she did after. So that's that was that was a nice little initiation for her. I thought that was funny. So. Absolutely. So, but outside of the game, let's talk about the laugher. Let's talk about Saturday. Yeah, that was great. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was I was at a party. Man, I forgot where I was. I could not watch the game, and I had to just kind of quickly check on my phone. So I looked once, and it was a still it was laugher. It was the twelve to five or whatever it was. And then I put it down and it seemed like I picked it up two minutes later and it's 18 to five. <laughs> Just... Yeah. So it was, uh, insane. Like they, you know, I don't know. They, they, so yeah, the, that game, the, the Dodgers, like we, we've seen this, right. They have like sort of a, uh, I don't know. Quick strike is the, probably the wrong way to put it, but they just like they, they, they could score in bunches and they did that a, like a lot this weekend. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, basically like, they, yeah, they just, <coughs> excuse me, uh, they were, they were blowing them out at some point. They had like a five, a five run inning. So it was what, um, uh, 11 to, it was 11 to two, uh, I guess 11 to three when, when the Diamondbacks were like, you know what, we had the long game last night. We're just going to put our, our catcher, John Ryan Murphy in and pitch. And like his first couple pitches were like, <laughs> 50 you know curve, like the literal like knuckle like curves, float, yeah. yeah floater yeah and they're like oh this is gonna be good and so and then he, he pitched for like forever like <laughs> and so um yeah and, and uh the dodgers tagged him they had a seven run inning against him and like including two hours and look you, you know it's clearly you're everyone's licking their chops when you <clears throat> when you get position player pitching because they're terrible and so um 
you know, it, it was just kind of funny, I, I thought. But, like, so you just take those with a grain of salt. But the, and so it was uh, the Diamondbacks scored two, but that game ended up being, what, 18-5. to five. So 18-5, to five, that's a ridiculous score. So, and that was following the um, the, the long inning game. But, so, but to make matters even weirder, I, at this point where you just, you just sort of saw the score, you didn't see it. Did you see it? Was it over I by the I saw the score mm-hmm. quickly. Check, this was before the top of the ninth. Okay. So we're still in the the eighth is ending, and I check. I'm like, oh, it's uh, Arizona catchers pitching. One of their eight catchers is pitching. Yeah. So that's probably why it went up. Ha ha, that's funny. And then I put my phone down. And that, I think I we got home mm-hmm. during Russell Martin's second batter. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, uh, probably the biggest smile, biggest joy of the weekend for me occurred. So that was a huge surprise because, you know, like you didn't think it's the third game of the season. Your bullpen is going to be super tired at that point, even though they had the long game. But then, yeah, it's like you're up 18 to five. And then the Dodgers <laughs> like, you know what? Screw it. We're you, you put in a catcher. We'll put in a catcher. And then, so <clears throat> Russell Martin, who caught the night before and, and didn't start Saturday behind the plate, came in pitch. And uh, oh, man. And so the whole inning was funny because like. You know, a he was throwing harder than Murphy. He, I think he got up to like eighty four mm-hmm. or something. But he, you know, whatever. Fireball. And uh, yeah, and so uh, and Joe Davis and Oral Horses were having fun, and Joe Davis was teasing Oral. He's like, "This is the best number fifty five pitcher in Dodgers history." You know all this stuff. <laughs> and uh, so they were having, uh, they were going back and forth, and that was really funny. And um, but it was like I think it was like ground out, ground out, fly out, and he so he he got out, he got a one two three inning. He, he Pablo Sandoval them, uh, and uh, and then the best, the funniest part though. Uh, so he gets the third out. That's the end of the game. It was a fly out to center, and Martin they, he just starts doing like the line, you know, where the people from the infield are coming in and the people from the outfield are going out, and the and everyone's like shaking hands, but he like forgot to go like um, <laughs> greet his catcher Austin Barnes. So because he's not he's not a pitcher, he doesn't know this. So like in his mind he's doing well, he's a catcher. Like, that's what I mean. He's doing <laughs> he's, been a, he's he, on the he's other doing side. What he, he what he knows to do and he, he completely and he's like, oh yeah, I got it. Yeah. So that was really funny. And then and then so I think I tweeted something and it ended up being like a really popular tweet. Uh best uh Dodger number fifty five or best ERA Dodgers pitchers number fifty five or something. And it was Skip Schumacher two innings zero, uh, Russell Martin one inning zero, and then Oral Hershiser three twelve, and then like two thousand. But you lied innings. to us. Yes. So I, I, I the reason <laughs> okay, then the reason this came up because I, um, yes. uh, I was gonna the next morning my my plan was to go through all the fifty fives like the Giovanni Carrera, the Matt Greer, and I was gonna just list all of them with all of their ERAs. But then the problem was um, the, the few of them have like number changes like oh. It, it, what really tripped me up was Onan Masaoka, and I, I like decided to quit at that point, and I was already past what I discovered. He at, he switched like mid season, and it was like long ago, where it's like impossible to find out when he switched. So, and there was no I'm looking at his game logs. He was up like the whole year, so there wasn't like a thing where he clearly went to the minors mm-hmm. and then came back. So it was like, all right, I'm, he, I'm done with this. But then before that, I had figured out like I, Matt Guerrier uh, was what tripped me. He was like 55 and then 54. At some point, but then I I looked up and I go, oh yeah, because Skip Schumacher was number three with the Dodgers, and then he switched to fifty five because Oral was his favorite player, but he didn't have fifty five before because Greer was there. But they had, I think they had either released him uh, or something, and that's how Schumacher got it. But I found the tweet from the Dodgers. I because usually I write about that stuff, or I would have, and I, I couldn't find anything I wrote. That's your bread and butter, right? And so, and I was like, oh, this is disheartening. But then as I was doing the search, I got. Dodgers tweet came up and it was from like July 9th or something and said starting tonight Skip Schumacher is going to wear this and it's just a picture of his jersey and it was number 55 so then I looked at his game I went ah both of his pitching games were before the switch so so I tweeted out a correction uh that his zero ERA was not a number 55 uh thing but it was still funny uh and uh, Oral had a good time with it. They, they they mentioned it on the broadcast the next day, like the whole uh, you know 50, number fifty five pitchers and stuff. And it was, and I think Oral the next day was like uh, on the broadcast. He said, uh, uh, "What do you say?" Oh, he's like, he said, "I want there to be a minimum innings requirement." Joe Davis like, "There is. It's one." <laughs> and he's like, "Ah." Oh. Like, they, they had a real good time with it. It was really funny. Um, so yeah, so that was really bizarre. But then the the quirk about that is like you know we, we've seen. Last year, from like I used to love position players pitching, and it's still kind of fun. But 
last year kind of broke me on that because it just was like so out of hand. I'm like, all right, this is, I'm, I'm over it. I don't ever want to see it again. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, but the quirk here is that even with all the position players pitching is that uh, you almost never see it when a team's leading. Yes. Um, and so, and even, because, like, you know, like anything could happen. Like they could have obviously scored a bunch against Rub Martin, but like they didn't, but um, they were up 13. So it was like they had a, you have a, a buffer there. Yeah. Um, but so, but what he made a little bit of history, I think it was like the first time since I think like 1962 or something that a pitcher closed out um, the ninth inning of, uh, of a win uh, that a position player did basically. And then it was like the first one to do go one, two, three since at least 1925. I think maybe they didn't have play by play data before that. So it's like, all right, this is kind of a cool that made it like, you know, more noteworthy than normal. So I thought that was very, very interesting. So talked about the first three games last night. It's interesting because last night was the team did not look as good uh, for uh, certainly in the the pitching department, but it was almost good to see that if for no other reason to avoid a little bit more of the, the Twitter narrative of all oh, this team can only win when they score 18, they can't do these sort of scrappy come from come from behind wins that two seasons ago was so defined by, but last season, n- not so much. It was good to see them kind of fall into a tough spot and come out from it. Yeah. And I think, you know, look, the the way it's hard to score 42 runs and like not do everything well. And so like they, they like did just about everything this weekend. Like I know like late they did lose on Friday, but they did score four in the game. And that's like, that's, that's the problem they were having last year were all the zero to two games, you know? Um, sure. So I don't know. It was just like, but so the, the point though, this, so they hit 14 home runs during the four game series but only um, five of them were two run shots. So they scored 19 runs on the 14 runs. So they actually scored more runs, not on home runs, 23 than they did <laughs> on the home runs. So, like, and even if you just take all the home runs away, they averaged almost six runs a game. Like, so that was a ridiculously good offensive weekend, like no matter how you say it. And everyone was, oh, they're so reliant on the home runs. It's like, well, all right. They also hit 400 with hundreds in scoring position. So uh, like that. That'll get it done. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried at all about the Dodgers' offense. Even, I mean, you can't be after 42 runs, but like, uh, even if I, there's this bizarre thing, like that people like go too far. They like trick themselves into thinking home runs are bad, and like, like where it's there. It is one thing to say you don't want to yep. be um, too reliant on it, but that doesn't mean they're bad. It doesn't mean oh, another home run. <laughs> this stupid team. Like, it's like no, you're, you have it wrong. Like. It's literally the best thing you could do ever uh, uh, while batting. So, like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Well, while we're talking about sort of the highs and lows, I want to talk about um, specifically uh, hitters. I think I might throw one pitcher in there that I was very impressed by and excited for. Let's go ahead and talk about some players that I'm going to ask you if we should be concerned or not going forward, or if this is just stupid small um, sample size, us filling podcast time. You ready? Sure. Uh, let's talk, let's start with some, some bullpen, uh, Joe Kelly. Uh, so yeah, he was, he was bad. He, he pitched, he only pitched Friday and it was that, uh, he gave up, uh, I guess he, he came in with two runners on, uh, they were up three, nothing. And he gave up a three run shot. The Dodgers took the lead in the seventh and then he gave up another run in the eighth. Uh, so like it was just, he didn't, he wasn't very good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one outing. Like he, like he didn't, he wasn't that good in the regular season last year. Like he was fine. He looked really good in the playoffs, and his stuff's good. So he, it's always going to be like, um, uh, you know, just sort of betting on the stuff at this point. So it's one outing. I, it was not good, but like I'm not. I don't think I'm terribly worried about it. Uh, Pedro Baez. Yeah. So the, this is where it, it, these start to pile up, right? Like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last year, the problem was a lot of the year when some of the other bullpen members were okay, uh, that Jansen was not, Kenley Jansen was not doing well. But like, so, and then basically after Jansen, I would say Joe Kelly and Pedro Baez are like the ones who the Dodgers are going to rely on the most, I think, um, at least in, mm-hmm. to plan to. And they were both pretty bad this weekend. So like, yeah. and, and so <laughs> like, um, Baez, um, he came in yesterday early in relief because Walker Bueller was bad. Because they 
or insist on having him start in the opening series, despite really pitching much during the spring. So he pitched like someone who hadn't been stretched out and just completely lost. Yeah, yeah. he looked great for <laughs> for a little bit. and Yeah, then... three innings fine, and then I think he gave up a hit. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 like in the fourth, and he ended up giving up five runs. Two of those uh, bequeathed to Pedro Baez, who let them all in. So, uh, yeah, Baez was bad, but like, uh, you know, again, (laughs) it's a concern because those are like the two guys they're going to rely on, I think. But uh, just in general, not not overly concerned at this point. Yeah, fair enough. I got, we Walker Bueller was actually next on my list. And yeah, we covered what I wanted to cover. Like, yeah, just looked like a guy who hadn't been stretched out. Well, the um, one thing with Bueller, I would uh, say, I'm yeah. sorry, like he um he was he was look he looked really good in the first few innings. That said, he didn't strike out anybody. Like, which is, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. fine. Like, it happens sometimes, but like, uh, that that's maybe the only thing slightly concerning. But um, especially especially with him, it's not necessarily oh you're a bad pitcher if you're not racking him out, but he's that 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 is a thing he does. Yeah. So, last name on on this side before I get to the uh, the one hitter I wanted to talk about, uh, Yumi Garcia looked kind of had a bad outing and then one bad batter gave up a triple and then became shut down again. So that was promising to see. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. The only like with him, um, his thing is always like control, and so the only thing he had three walks, but one of them was intentional. So like it's not that bad, but. That's the only like probably slight concern I had with him. Okay, uh, the only hitter I want to talk about, and again, we're we're four games in. I'm I'm stretching here, but these are some names I I just like to get your thoughts on. Uh, how are they looking? I want to make it clear I'm not demonizing these people. Uh, CT. Oh yeah, so Chris Taylor. Uh, I there might not be a more hated person in America from my brother than him. Uh, I get I get texts <laughs> all the time like saying. I knew he was going to strike out that, you know, that POS basically like just, just, it's just brutal, man. Like, like you'd think, and like, I just ignore it because usually it's nonsense, but like, uh, it, it is, it's, I, I think it, I find it kind of funny at sometimes, but yeah, he didn't, he didn't really do much this weekend. Yeah. He, about, uh, and I, I call him out, I think specifically because he also kind of had a rough spring. Yeah. So this is not. Again, how much can you uh, weigh in the spring? But it's a little bit of an extended. He was uh, rough he run. was over nine. Like everyone basically hit uh, for the most part. He was over nine with two walks, and so like didn't didn't really do much. But yeah, we'll, I guess we'll see how like the Dodgers do face uh, four straight lefties this week, starting Monday night. So hmm. um, there he'll get some action and probably uh, try to get back on track. Okay, I'm gonna t- let's talk about the guys that looked. Really exciting. Uh, let's start. Uh, clearly, the MVP of the series uh, and Cody Bellinger. I, you know what, I would, I would say not. I, well, let's put it this way. I my weekend review, which is up on the site Monday morning uh, already. Uh, I had Jock Peterson as my batter of the week. Oh, okay. So, but I, but they're they're fight. literally they're like neck and neck. So, but yeah. So Bellinger, right? I he can. Was, I'll remove the clearly term. How about that? Yeah, he was great. Um, well, and it, the funny part is like, so Liz put up a post and I think this is going to be a regular thing. Um, her, uh, what did she call it? I think it's just like performer of the series or, um, whatever. And so, and hers was Bellinger. So like, you know, yeah, reasonable people can disagree. Roto worlds yeah. picks, picks the, like the best player yeah. to talk about. And like nominal, like I will just say this. So, so Bellinger has like the, the, he has gaudy stats in his favor. He was 10 for 20 in four games with seven runs scored and four home runs. He's on pace for 162 home runs. So how could he not be the MVP? He's on pace for 324 RBIs. Uh, <laughs> so how could he not be the MVP? Yeah. Two? Convince me otherwise. So I will say this. So he, he had 21 plate appearances. Uh, Jock Peterson had 21 plate appearances. Jock hit a mere 467 compared to Bellinger's uh, 500. Jock scored more runs. Eight. He had three home runs to Bellinger's four. Um, he only drove in five, so he's only on pace for, uh, what is that, like 200 RBIs or something? Uh, so, yeah, he also walked four times. Uh, so Jock, uh, Jock's on base was uh, 619. He reached base 13 times, So and Co- Cody reached base 11 times, so Jock had him there. Uh, Jock's slugging was 1133. Cody's was 1100, so Jock had him there. So, like, it was a ridiculous weekend for, like, I think both of those guys. 
And I think that was like <laughs> a big reason and why why they went. Jock uh, hit, hit two home runs opening day. So did Kike. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think Cody had his two home run games Saturday. Well, you know, since since we're talking the outfield, let's talk about AJ Pollock. Uh, I'm what what a good way to debut, especially when you're, <laughs> for better or worse, going into the season. He kind of had the face of the guy they got instead of Bryce Harper, <laughs> right? So he had to kind of hit the hit the skin of the ball to really impress. I think some of the more cynical Dodger fans and an OPS plus of I'm checking of 208 that'll do it. So yeah, he he's he's merely on pace for 243 RBIs at this point. He he drove in <laughs> six. Uh, he homered. He had the five hit game. Uh, he was seven for 17. Uh, I just this this some big hits. This too. goes to show you how how uh, like crazy. Yeah, he, what he had he drove in what the tying run on the tying runs on. Yeah, tying the and then he scored, double and then he scored on the sack fly to, error on third, yeah, two runs, yeah. And so this goes to show you how crazy the Dodgers' offense was. So uh, AJ Pollock's OPS last week, uh, this or this weekend was twelve oh six. He ranks fifth on the Dodgers right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, he was he was it was a nice nice debut for him. Well. Uh, I think I know uh, the name we haven't talked about is above him, and he's next on the, the list I wrote down. He was actually number two. I actually forgot to write Jock down. You know, blame yeah. me. Uh, Austin Barnes. Yes. This is this is encouraging. So, <laughs> yeah, he, um, you know, splitting time with Russell Martin, he's probably going to uh, gonna get like three out of five or something like that. That's what Dave Roberts has been intimating, or four out of seven or whatever. But yeah, he was very good. Uh, he was really good in spring, and he sort of carried it over. Uh, he was five for eight with with two home runs last year. He didn't hit his second home run until September fourth. So yeah, uh, this just goes to show you like where he's at right now. He also walked twice, didn't strike out. So his on base percentage is seven hundred at this point. <laughs> so we're we're dealing in the ridiculous numbers right now. Um, Sustainable. So it's pretty crazy and like. Yeah, so like Martin, Russell Martin was um, like he was two for six with four walks. So like uh, the the um, the catchers between them have a six fifty on base percentage. So that's that's pretty nuts right now. Uh, well, good. What what if anything do you attribute uh, to this performance? Both in spring and here, it's small sample size, but he just kind of eye test looks better than he did last year looks a little closer to he did two years ago i don't want to read too much into this but is there anything that you can point to that says this actually uh kind of may carry weight the rest of the year yeah i almost wonder if it didn't really come out i almost wonder if he was like hiding an injury last year or something but because he um he just was not not good for a long time um but i think i just it's probably it's one of those things where he's he might not be as good as he was in 2017 because he was really good. Like, you know, from, from like a, a bat per a bat basis, he was probably the best hitting catcher in 2017 or very close to it. Um, and, uh, and then he was just awful last year. So it was one of those things, probably not as good as, as 2017, clearly not as bad as 2018. So like he was bound for like a regression and back to being somewhat good again. So, I don't know what necessarily to expect from him, but I think like just generally he's an athletic um, catcher and, you know, he hit, he'll hit the occasional home run. He has two already, which is, which is great. But like, I think he's more like a gap to gap guy. And, but like, he's just, and he's fast and uh, good knowledge of the strike zone. So I think that'll help. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what to really pin it on. Maybe he was motivated after last year to come back, but I, I don't really know at this point. Okay. Well, covered everything i wanted to talk about we have some questions uh that i want to go over do you have anything you want to talk about before we get to those uh just before we get to that uh two things uh, uh i mentioned kiki had the two home runs opening day he was he was the guy he was fourth in ops at 1271 he was really good uh to start the season the other was here ryu uh had the really good performance mm. on opening day struck out eight walk none that's always good uh six strong innings he gave up a run so he was looking good. He was the pitcher I was going to mention. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, that, that's it. fine. And then uh, Jansen uh, looked good in both of his outings, um, and got his first save on Sunday. So I, I, yeah, I think that's. I think we're pretty much covered there. Okay. So we've got returning questions from Craig are coming. We've got one other question. 
kind of took a break off questions during the offseason because we were there were such long gaps and there wasn't a lot to talk about. So we were just kind of catching up on the news. But now that we're in the season, please do send us your questions whenever you want. We'll usually one or both of us will tweet out asking for those. But you, I'm at Jacob Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You're not at True Blue LA anymore. Yeah, Eric, just Eric Steven on Twitter now. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so we have uh, a question, though, of an email question from Billy Martinez. And he asks, I was hoping that you could discuss on the next podcast uh, what your thoughts were on the broadcast of the Dodgers versus the Angels during the freeway series, um, the exhibition series. On this broadcast, third base coach Dino Abel was mic'd up for sound and provided a tremendous enhancement to the game. Uh, he, th- I thought the addition was creative and brilliant, as Dino amazingly explained instruction to players and broke down game situations. What did you think of this unique addition to the Dodgers game broadcast? Uh, I always like this. Uh, I will. I think the Dodgers tweeted it out, or Sports LA did. Uh, so I'll link that to that in the show notes. But um, yeah, that that's always cool. Anytime you can get like inside the game where it's not like, or it's not forced. Sometimes, you know, a player gets mic'd up and those are kind of funny, but like, but everyone knows their mic, so they're trying to do stuff. But like when it's like just um, like honest, like heat of the moment stuff, and that's what the Dino Ebel stuff was, where he was just, he was just literally coaching mm-hmm. and just happened to be mic while he was coaching. Uh, that, that always adds for sure to the broadcast and it like adds to like the, you know, um, the game, like the understanding of the game. And like, it's, it's always good to, yeah. you want, you want to be as inside baseball as possible. And that's like as close as you can get really. And it, it was interesting in that game, how it, it sort of developed naturally. Cause when they first introduced it, it was what you were talking about. That very standard, Hey, I mic'd up. How's yeah. it going? Good game. You know, sort of bland platitudes, but then they, as they were, it, interviewing him asking him a question you got more and more into the actual game situation and they they good on them they really leaned into that i'm curious how going into the game that was their intention as opposed to just kind of interviewing him so whatever it was uh it was really really interesting i am suspicious we'll ever get during a regular season game which is a bit of a shame um don't really want to split an active person on the field's uh, attention yeah. away but Man, if they can ever figure out a way to do that, maybe uh, bring like bring one of the coaches into the into the booth when they're I have an off day. I don't. I'm not sure how you would pull it off, but it would be really interesting to see uh, get that same insight, but on a game that has stakes. Yeah, that's that's the the you're right. Like that's the real trick is where uh, you want to be as authentic as possible, and the only really way you could do that is to just be raw. And like no one is going to want to be that way when they know they're mic'd up. So like, it's really tough. It's really tough. And you'll get this sometimes. I'm thinking of like old NFL films, films where yeah. they were so present and for so long that players would kind of forget that they were there, and you would see some really raw. Oh, this is actually probably what it's like, as opposed to, oh, I see the camera right there. There's a microphone in my face. I'm gonna kind of either clean up or just kind of hide. What's really I will going say this, on here? The, the, I don't think MLB puts out enough videos um, or, or like uh, NFL film style videos, but like their um, their uh, like World Series videos mm-hmm. at year end, those have a lot of um, they're interspersed with a lot of dugout sounds and things like that, and those always intend like and it's you're always going to get it after the fact, which is fine, but like yeah, it, it, any amount of that that can be shared like during the game would be great. And I understand why they don't do it. That, it was funny because remember last year when um, it was what the two years old thing with Noah Syndergaard hitting Chase Utley at, Chase, at City Field, and then there was the Mike uh, conversation between the umpires and Terry Collins, and the famous uh, phrase by the umpire was mm-hmm. "My ass is in the jackpot here," and they're just arguing back and forth. And like <laughs> that, that was wonderful. Like, and then there, there's no way that that meant to get out at yeah. all. Like, you know that, but when, that's, that's why. Like, they don't want. They don't want well. A, you don't want to embarrass like the umpires. Like get that, but like yeah, that was um that. But it but it's so great. Like although man, I, I uh, the reaction I saw was it was the opposite of embarrassing to the to the umpires. They really humanized them in that. It, there's another famous. Um, you've seen the um, Earl Weaver umpire argument, right? Yes. 
which is the I think what people think of as umpires, which is this really aggressive, antagonistic, like yelling at each other. And this was this was an honest discussion. A, a really like, hey, yeah, <laughs> empathize with me here. What are you? What do you expect me to do? Here? I just think the intent is like, yeah. I don't think that that video was necessarily bad for umpires, but it was like. I think the more you get it, like it, it would probably be um, uh, that, that, that they, don't, they don't want to open that Pandora's box. Is it the? Uh... Sure. No, I, I I totally understand that. Uh, but this video, at least, if you haven't seen it, uh, seek it out. It's great, and though you'll maybe you'll cover, care for an umpire a, a little bit more, or not. At the risk of uh, earning the explicit tag. Uh, oh, damn it! Isn't I, if if it's the if it's the right, <laughs> if it's the right one, I'm remembering. Doesn't Earl Weaver like yell to way? You're just trying to fuck us. Like yes, you're like just going. Okay, good. Is... <laughs> and and that, that's you're funny here because for that's, one reason. Yeah. And, and uh, oh yeah, and then didn't he? He was like saying like I'm going to go to the Hall of Fame, like to the umpire. And he's For like, what? Whatever. The World Series. Yeah, that's right. God, that's so good. And like the best part about that with Earl Weaver is like that's probably like the tenth best Earl Weaver like rant video yeah. or whatever. So, oh, it's so good. Well, as teased, we have some questions from Craig. I didn't really get to do this during the off season. I think maybe we fit one in there, but it's back. I'm excited. I've talked to Craig. Let him know what our recording schedule is. So hopefully this will become a regular feature again. We'll have to get the, the intro song. Talk to my brother. My birthday is coming up. Maybe we'll do that. Nice. Hi, Eric and Jacob. Happy April and happy belated birthday, Eric. Happy birthday, Eric. Thanks. It was opening day, right? Yeah. The Dodgers gave you eight home runs. That's right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Craig asks, Already seven Dodgers have homered. Who will be the 10th different (laughs) Dodger to homer? Also, who hits the first Grand Slam? God, okay. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm doing my clicking. With so many home runs that it's actually hard to keep track, I'm like, I think I know the seven. The Uh, first Grand Slam is going to be Corey Seager. First Grand Slam is going to be Alex Verdugo, who will be your... Ninth person to hit a home. Well, all right. Um, okay, so who's going to be the tenth? Well, Justin Turner doesn't have one yet. He's going to be eight or nine. Uh, Russell Martin doesn't have one yet. Chris Taylor doesn't have one yet. I'm going to say the tenth. Damn it! They play a lot of lefties. This week. I mean, David Freeze is the tenth. Justin Turner is the tenth. So Russell Martin's going to hit one, and then Alex Verdugo is going to hit his grand slam, oh, I see. and then Turner will do it. All in the same game. There you That's go. Amazing. Yeah, same, same game. And Hinge and Ryu's second start, who will be the 11th to hit home ah. run. How about that? All right. Cody Bellinger's walk-up son is Hotel California, which is nearly 20 years older than him. I've asked variations of this question before, but here is this version. Each of you name a walk-up son that is at least 10 years before you were born. This is way easier for me. You have to go to like, right? Big band stuff like this, before music. Before music was invented, <laughs> like it's it's basically like Mozart and then it's like Concerto <laughs> and D. You're right. Um, so my normal, not this is not what Craig asked, but we we've, we've talked about this before. My normal walk up music would be "Dare to Be Stupid" by Weird Al. But uh, ten years before me, I think this qualifies. Uh, yeah, so I was born in '76. I would say. I would go um, uh, Desolation Row by Bob Dylan. It's it's not conducive to at bat music at all. It's like a it's like a le- an eleven minute song that's like nine verses. It's crazy, um, but I love it so much. And I think what I would do is I would just play s- snippets of it like in increments. So like maybe the first five seconds for my first at bat, and then the next five, and then eventually I'd run out of the song and then start over again. So, I, but that, I think that's what I do. I think I think Desolation Row is like sixty-five, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe sixty-four. So I'm I'm, I'm safe there. I have I, doing the check because I knew I was. That's Bob Dylan, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I have to find. I, I feel like mine would be a T-Rex song. I don't know why. That seems very conducive to to walk-up music, and I'm trying to pick sure. one that is ten years younger than me. Um. Probably not get it on. That's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an awesome at that music, though. 
Very sensual. We'll, we'll go Jeepster by T Rex. How about that? Okay. What wait, what year were you born? I forgot. Eighty six. That's ridiculous. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh wait. Uh, uh... I have a new I have a new guess, but I have to again it's a thing where I have to make sure it's sure. ten years older than me. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it while you're asking your okay. question. Uh asking excuse me, answering the next question. And the next question, very conveniently, is only for you. If you could have any complete baseball card set for one player that you saw play, who would that be and why? An example would be all of Clayton Kershaw's card. Yeah, so uh I do still collect and like I kind of do that for some players like uh, basically, like get the Dodgers sets every year from Tops, and then uh, have try to get. And I do, for the most part, have all the Tops cards from the regular Tops cards for Kershaw. Um, I think I'd have to say Eddie Murray. I have a ton of Eddie Murray cards, but there's still a few cracks that I'm missing. I think he's probably the guy because it's also like more the era I was collecting. Um, so I, I think I'd say Eddie Murray for that one. That was going to be my guess, by the way. So I, well, I used to do that. I used to know that do that. Um, uh, like uh, what was it? Like I guess what uh, uh, Ryan Sandberg. I used to collect. Um, you know, Oral Hershiser. I have a ton of uh, Kirk Gibson too. Uh, went retroactively and did some Fernando stuff. Um, uh, and then like, but like some of those like eighties, nineties stars, I had a lot of too, like Ozzy Smith and, um, some of those guys, but I, yeah, I, I think I'd have to go Eddie Murray. Honestly, if it wasn't, it might, it might actually be Oral Hershiser. Okay. Nope. You have to go with your first, first answer. Cause that's no, what yeah, I, I Right. Moonage Daydream. That's my final answer by David Bowie. That's my walk up song. 10 years older than you. Oh, nice. All right. Next up is uh, pick your 2019 Major League Baseball All-Star team, and the outfield doesn't have to be specific unless you want it to be. Include a DH, right and left-handed starter, and closer. Wait, what? The whole team? Yep, picking the whole team. You and I are going to go in order (laughs) 1 through 9, 1A, 1B through 9, and then do the closer. I will do 1A. Are we doing one in each league, or is this just for, for... Like the, uh, you know, he he says he just says team. Like so a, let's, a sing, let's a pretend it's team. the NBA. Let's do that. I don't know if that was his actual uh, yeah, question, okay. but I think that sounds fun. Right-handed starter, uh, Max Scherzer. Oh, okay, I get, get left-handed. left-handed. Um, well, now I feel like an idiot because I'm I'm I don't know why, but I'm completely blanking right now. This is so terrible. I, this is one of those where. Uh, like I should, this should be an obvious answer. And, and for the life of me, my mind went blank because I was not expecting this question at well, all. Well, let me here. I'll help um, you out. I'm going to pull it. Oh, uh, you no, ready? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost ready, but just, I just wanted to sort of draw this out a little bit. Um, I, you're right. Okay. So, so like what, so Blake Snell won the Cy Young, right? Last year, uh, mm-hmm. for the Rays. He's, I mean, what Clayton Kershaw is is like whatever. Like I, the fact that he's he's didn't <laughs> start. Yeah, so that's that's going to be a problem um, for him. Uh, I think I have to go. Kyle Freeland's really good. Patrick Corbin probably going to be really good with the Nationals. Um, I think I would go with Blake Snell. Okay. I'm trying to think of uh, who else we would go with. I don't know. We'll go with that. Let's let's be quick. We got other we got other names to pick. Uh, it's on me for catcher. Mm. Here, here, I'll rile up some feathers. Okay. Yasmani Grindal. I don't think that would be that's riling up feathers. <laughs> it's Dodger Dodgers podcast. I gotta I gotta make some people angry. You get first base. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, good good pick. Another way to are, isn't it great? He's not in the division anymore. How much? How easier were the Diamondbacks this series? Real quick. Man, like, and you, you saw too, like, Pollock <laughs> was doing so well, and then, like, they don't have Corbin anymore. Goldschmidt hit four home runs over the weekend. Like, man, they're, they're, they're in a, for a world error this year. Second baseman goes to me. Altuve? It's really good. He, he, I think, yeah, we'll, we'll go that. You get third baseman. Okay. I was going to say, do I get third or short? That's fine. Um, I, I would, I, I'm going to go Arenado. 
Corey Seager. Right. Uh, I w- How about that? See, I, I was, I was, I was Randolph. thinking in my head that you were going to go to me for shortstop, and I was like having a tough time. I, I, if I, if I wasn't sure, I probably would have picked Francisco Lindor, even though he started off season hurt. But like, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a, yeah, good call. So now, what is it me for left field? You get two outfielders. They don't have to be. Uh, I think they should have to positions. Be, but yeah, okay. Um, oh, so it just any outfielders then? Yeah. So I'll go to the first one. Go specific if you want. Let's just say uh, our good friend Mike Trout. <laughs> going out on a limb there. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say to really impress the doubters, Bryce Harbor has a really really good year. Man. Okay. So now you you put me in a bad spot because. I think I, <laughs> you have to pick the last outfielder. Yeah, but not, no snubs. Well, my I was going to pick Christian Yelich anyway, but like now I feel bad because okay. Mookie Betts didn't get picked. But whatever. <laughs> I pro <laughs> man, outfield's tough yeah. when we're doing when we're doing the the, the all MLB right. team at that. Now, this is going to be a barnstorming team, I'm assuming. <laughs> I mean, I mean. You have to pick Mookie, but then if you want to put Yellick over Bryce, you're probably right. So I probably am the one that screwed up. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Look, I'm the I, one I, being I'm ESPN a, I'm over here pushing well. Bryce when I don't have to. So I, I, I was looking up stuff because Yellick hit he had a home run in each of the four games for Milwaukee this yep. weekend, and so he he like Bellinger and Paul Goldschmidt are on pace for 162 home runs. Uh, but since the All Star break last year, he's slugging 806. So. <laughs> Uh, pretty, pretty All right. good. I will rescind Bryce. I'll put Mookie on and let you let you put Yellow song. And Bryce okay. Harper's going to come for me now. Well, uh, you could you could just put Harper at DH. <laughs> that's we could have solved this the whole time. No, but I, I guess we really that's since they're not DH, but whatever. With with cl- closer, uh, Kimbrel still not being signed means that you know I'm going to be a homer again. We'll say Kenley. Yeah. You want to fight me on that? No, I don't. I, I think if Kimbrel had a spot, maybe. Uh, yeah, but maybe maybe that makes him perfect for our team because he's a, he could be a barnstormer with like uh, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. So if we're going, I think you have to since you picked that. I'm an, I'm just gonna uh, randomly add a DH and say JD Martinez because why not? Right? Sure. Yeah, because you kind of have to. And I actually think that might have been in the question. I think he might have been <coughs> asked to do sure. that, and I just skip. Yep, include a DH. Oh, uh, before we go on to the next question, I this made me think of this for some reason. Uh, we were talking about the position players pitching. One of the MLB rules for next year is going to be limits on that. Uh, I think there have to be certain criteria, like you, you have to be down a bunch or or like um, extra innings or something. We should look this up and see if it includes if you're up a bunch. <laughs> Russell Martin could be the la- the, f- the first since. Oh, like it's, know, oh, he's the last of his time, is that what you're saying? 90 years and the last. That'll be interesting. Oh, man. Uh, Read, go to the next question. I will look that up because I'm pretty sure I have it. Okay. And please don't add us on that Ulster team. I'm sure we're forgetting like two or three players. Nope, it's we did it's that final and just. So. <laughs> Last question. Who will have the most bunt hits on the Dodgers this season? Uh, my my joint, uh, like my knee-jerk reaction to this was just going to be Cody Bellinger because he just randomly does it at times. Jock Peterson has one already. He had one, but that was also like his his first since 2016. Yeah, uh, and I just it's not something they do a ton. So, but yeah, I he, think it's gonna. Be, yeah, he almost looked like he was gonna do it again. I, I think a game or two later. Um, I'm wondering if that's a thing they're they're adding to his repertoire to try and help beat shifts at all. So, I I wouldn't fault that name, but I think Bellinger is just a, a better guess. Okay, uh, Russell Martin's outing would have been safe uh, under the new rules that will go into effect next year. Okay, what are the, um, what are the rules? So, uh, so they're going to allow for like um, two way players, but you have to have like so like Shohei Otani. Yep. But you have to have um, uh, twenty innings and um, twenty starts at a position um, okay. to be considered that. But like if you're not, they they will limit. You're not allowed to have position players pitch. Unless it's following following the ninth inning or any game in which a team is losing or winning by more than six runs, so like both of those, the, the, it fit both of those criteria in that game. So good. I need more of it. That's right. So you you have a that's that's all the questions. You have a quick quick Dodgers reroute for. Oh us, yeah, right? so very we very. We didn't have one last week. No, we 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 powered through without it somehow. We I don't know how we managed, but um, getting. 
position players pitching got me thinking. Um, uh, this is a very brief one, and like one of the, I was looking back through some Dodgers who had uh, pitched as position players. Jeff Hamilton, for me, growing up, that was the big one. He lost the game in Houston. They were in in twenty two innings, but he actually pitched really well. He was a third baseman, uh, and that was a game that ended with Eddie Murray at third base and Fernando Valenzuela at first. Um, and the the winning hit like was a line drive over the outstretched glove of the relatively short Fernando at first. So, um, but that so that that game was fun. But so like the Dodgers didn't have a position player pitch again until like two thousand one, um, and the person who pitched then was uh, Chris Donalds, um, and so he was like normally like a, he was one of those like big burly guys, um, and like he he it was corner infielder basically first base third base and then he didn't he didn't do a ton with the Dodgers he in like 2000 he was like um he only what he he batted like uh 41 plate appearances and he he actually did hit four home runs and he had an 1126 OPS but like it's very small sample size so but overall because he played more the next year he, he hit 205 310 418 with a 91 OPS plus in 142 Played appearances with the Dodgers over two years. He played eight years in the majors. Uh, that's um, the only other notable thing about Donalds is that he was one of the players named in the Mitchell Report as a um, PED user, uh, and um, so not not so good for him. He didn't pe- he didn't play after two thousand two, so his career was kind of done. But yeah, so that's this is a very short Dodgers rewind, but that it just made me think of position based pitching and like he was he was the first one to do it in like twelve years. So well, we'll he's go with Chris uh... Donalds for today. He's a hero to me then. That's right. So that wraps it up. Uh, Dodgers have a series against the Giants and a series against the Rockies this week. Then they go immediately uh, uh, on the road against the Rockies and then to St. Louis. I am going to one of those games. I'm very Ooh. excited. I'm going to be pretty close to the Dodgers uh, dugout going for my birthday, even though I'm going a couple days afterwards. So I- I'm excited. We're going to record before then. Uh, I'll have a report on Bush Stadium afterwards. Let you all know if it's a place you should go, or uh, maybe maybe prioritize some other parts. When, when you go to the Dodgers Cardinals game, mm-hmm. do you think over under? Do you think Cody Bellinger and Paul Goldschmidt will be on pace for seventy five or more home runs or less? I, I'll have to do the math on what number they'd have to be in. Yeah, I'm gonna guess but, one of them yes, one of them no. Okay. And, it's going to be the good guy that's yes. So. so, like, the Dodgers going into that series, I believe, will have played 10 games. So, Bellinger really only needs to hit one to, like, hit yeah, the uh, How about yes? So, <laughs> yes, I, I, I didn't think about that until I said it. Like, yeah, but like, <laughs> pick but a that's higher 81, number. <laughs> right? Like, so, uh, but I guess it could go one other game or something. Who knows? But uh, I don't know which game you're going to. But, um, yeah, so that's <laughs> that, that'll be fun. And then, uh, yeah, the Dodgers this week, the, they're, the Rockies' home opener is Friday. So, it's a weird uh, day game on, on Friday. So poor. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's good. We're baseball's back. We're back to regular schedule and we have games to watch and talk about. So it should be fun. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week.